Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Big, big, big fight news this week, and we're going to be covering all of that as usual. Today is July 15th in the Midwest. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. You know the drill, and let's just hop right into it. If you have not been living under a rock, you know this week and a little bit of this previous week as well has been a fantastic time for mixed martial arts in general, not just specifically the UFC because probably the biggest fight announcements, controversies aside were just going on this week. As you know, we had the upset of Robert Whitaker losing the DDP, the Highly, highly racial tension that's going to be going on between DDP and Israel Adesanya. That fight is going to be just, uh, oh my God, the build up to that. The press conference is going to be goddamn fantastic. And the, I think the biggest news of the week, I know it's been covered by um, Ara Hawani on his podcast, Bisping on his, and the one of my favorites by Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell of Morning Combat. Fantastic listen if you have not done so already is Francis Nugano, the Predator, landing the biggest fight of his career, his dream fight against Tyson Fury. Now, I have to say, uh, I think I made a podcast about this a few, it was like two, three months ago, probably around March, I want to say, when it was, it was looking very grim for one Mr. Nugano. Everyone, including myself, did not think he was going to get a big boxing fight. I thought, if anything, the boxing fight to make was Francis Nugano versus Deontay Wilder. Uh, both heavy hitters. Both don't have the best technique. And it was just going to be fireworks. I mean, let's let's be honest. Somebody was getting knocked out in that fight. And I was betting on Francis Nugano winning that one. Deontay Wilder walking around 215. 215-ish, Francis Nugano around 255, 260. I mean, yes, I know Deontay Wilder is a boxer. He's been a boxer the majority of his life, and he's knocked out everyone he's fought besides Tyson Fury. And Francis Nugano, the exact same resume. He has knocked out everyone that he has fought inside of the UFC octagon. That was the fight to make. Now, even though we do have Nugano versus Fury, they could potentially make Deontay Wilder versus Nugano afterwards. That would be just a hell of a fight because with the Fury-Nugano one, I mean, I think it's no secret. I think we all know that Tyson Fury is going to take this one away. He's just been doing this for so long. He's in his prime. I believe he's like, what? Um, Tyson Fury is not that old. He's what, 32? The latest. Let's let's see what we have here. He, he's a for his size. He's a very young gentleman. Uh, born in 1988. So what that leaves him at 34. Okay, still in his prime. Heavyweights as well do have a later prime, being around 40 years old. So 34, still in his athletic prime. Uh, walking around, I want to say two, two sixty is his weight. Uh, born stands, he fights orthodox. Six foot nine. Oh, he's a big boy. Eighty five inch reach, um, and look two fifty five, two sixty for his fight weight. And let's see, total fights thirty four wins, 
Um, 34 fights, 33 wins, one draw, 24 knockouts for the one Tyson Fury. Uh, the percentage of the chance that Francis Gano is going to win this one, I mean, it's just it's slim to none. I mean, it just takes a lifetime of learning when it comes to managing the distance when it comes to boxing. You fight much closer in boxing than you do MMA because of the distance, because of the kicking range in MMA. You don't want to be too close, but in boxing, you do have that luxury of being just a little bit closer, and it does rely more on quick lateral movements and feints, which it's it's just hard to pick up on because when it comes to boxing... Those are the movements that you learn in your teens, you know, your 16, 17, 18. Once you get to your 20s, your late 20s, it's kind of, you can become an amateur boxer. But when we're talking about, you know, one of the best of the best, that ship is pretty much sailed. You have to learn that at a young age. And Francis Nugano being, what, 36, I want to say, 37. It's just, I mean, other than a lucky punch, I mean, you're just asking too much for this man but why is this happening he is getting the payday that we know and believe that he all deserves this all started with uh, when he was the heavyweight champion in the UFC he wanted to fight Tyson Fury he wanted to bring in the UFC with him and Dana White was not having it called it a gimmick fight etc etc Francis Nugano asked for his release it gets granted after a year of back and forth. Dana White burns him, says that he will never fight an organization again, call this fight a gimmick fight, and essentially said, just go and get and get out there and see what you can do. Francis Nugano, after this happened, signs with the PFL, multi-million dollar fight contract. I think it was worth $8 million. And then now he just booked himself a seven-figure payday with Tyson Fury, the best heavyweight of all time. Arguably, if you want to mix in Muhammad Ali, but, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes. Anyways, uh, he got the fight with Tyson Fury. It is going to be massive. I believe it's happening October 28th is what my brain's telling me right now, October 28th. And then what do you know when this gets announced the UFC announces John Jones versus Stipe Miocic happening two weeks, two weeks after Francis Nugano versus Tyson Fury. And that's just such a power move. It's essentially to say, hey, whoever gets crowned in this event, whoever you believe is the heavyweight champion, nah, nah. We are going to find out two weeks later when... Not even arguably the best fighter of all time, John Jones, takes on the greatest heavyweight of all time in Stipe Miocic. Fantastic fight. About three years too late of it happening. Uh, Stipe Miocic is going to be 41, almost turning 42 when this fight goes down. Uh, John Jones still in his mid 30s, I think he's like 35, 36. And my prediction for this fight, I mean, John Jones has never lost. I mean, it's just, you know, Stephen Miocic doing the interviews with Ariel Hawani, um, saying all the right things. He's going to be pressuring John Jones. He's going to be putting him on his back foot. He's going to be, he's been training his ass off. I believe it. I 100% believe that Stipe is doing all of the things. I mean, the guy's a firefighter. How can you, how can you hate him or say anything negative about him? 
The reason why I am betting on John Jones is John Jones has never lost in his, what, 10-year span of fighting. John Jones has never lost. He's held the light heavyweight championship for over 10 years. He was winning so much, he gave it up. And leading into this next story, that division is cursed. After he vacated, I believe it was picked up by Mr. Polish Power himself, Jan Blachowicz. Jan Blachowicz won it and um, over TKO, over Dominic Reyes, won the title, defended it against Israel Adesanya. Granted, that was Israel Adesanya moving up in weight. Next title defense, loses against Glover Teixeira by via submission, I want to say in the third round. Glover Teixeira holds the title. Fights it, uh, fights against Yuri Prohashka. Yuri Prohashka loses the title. No, uh, Yuri Prohashka takes the title from Glover Teixeira in the fifth round and then has to give it up via injury, so he relinquishes the title. Um, Glover Teixeira fights Jamal Sweet Dream Hills for the title. Jamal Hill wins the title via decision and then just recently announced... About three days ago, Jamal Hill relinquishes the title via injury. He sprained his, you know, he ruptured his Achilles heel, which is going to keep him out of uh, out of competition for a year. So with all that being said, this division cannot keep itself together ever since the true king himself, John Jones, has left. It has it has been a hot potato of a division. No one can get a title defense under their belt over anyone in the same weight division. And John Jones is a heavyweight champion, fighting the greatest heavyweight of all time. My money is on John Jones. And I believe the sad thing about this is it's going down in Madison Square Gardens, which is John Jones' hometown, the place he was born and raised. And I do believe we are going to see the retirement of not only one Stipe Miocic, but also one of John Jones. It's been a great, fantastic career. I mean, the bouts that John Jones has laid out, the wins over Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort, Quentin Rampage, Jackson, Lyota Machida, Anthony Linehart Smith, Dominic Reyes, um, Alexander Gustafson two times, Dom, uh, DC, Daniel Cormier two times. Greatest of all time, Mauricio Shogun Hua. I know I'm forgetting some other people that are in there. It's it's just been such a crazy career, and I do believe this is it. People are saying that he should fight um, one Mr. Rush, scary Russian himself, Sergei Plavovich. Don't believe he's going to do it. He, it is a very dangerous fight. High risk, very low reward. No one really knows his name, and this is the way to go out. You defend your title against the greatest heavyweight of all time in your backyard, in your home city, and then you retire after a 13-year career. I mean, that that's a pretty long time. Pretty long time. So overall, three top three stories that we have of the week. Uh, let's just recap that real quick. We have um, the announcement of Tyson Fury versus Francis Nugano. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic, and then um, Jamal Hill relinquishing the light heavyweight title via injury. All in a span of five days. Just 
absolutely insane. And even though all of it's not good, we needed some news because it was pretty dry there for, for a while. Um, this upcoming week's card, not not the greatest. It's today. It's today. Holly Holm versus Maria Bueno Silva. Uh, I mean, what do you want me to say there? It's we just had a great we just had a great pay per view on UFC 290. Alexander Volkanovski um, getting that win over Yair Rodriguez in the third round. Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja. Bo Nickel getting a 38 second knockout. That absolute war between Dan Hooker versus uh, Jalen Turner. Oh, and then the Drinkers Duplessis getting that upset upset over Robert Whitaker. So. Probably my favorite card of the year. So this this Saturday, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, Jack Della Maddalena is definitely saving this card in the co-main event with him taking on Basso Hafez. You guys definitely check that one out. But the big fight of the next two to three weeks, we're going to have absolute bangers of events. It's going to be Tom Aspinall taking on Merson Tabrior next week. Following that week, we have Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Jan Blahovich, Alex Pereira, Paulo Costa versus Ikram Aliskarov, Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green, Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland, St- Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus uh, Michelle Pajeda, Derek Lewis versus Marcos De Lima. That that that's the card. That is the card, July 29th. That is the event that you don't want to miss. And then after that, Corey Sandman, Santa Hanga taking on Umar Nurmagomedov. And coming event, Jessica Andrade, Tatiana Suarez, my baby girl. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we have for the week. Um, be nice to each other. Have a great time. I'll be back again next week, breaking this one all down. And you guys have a fantastic weekend. Peace. <laughs>